champagne cooks motherfucking champagne from the moment i met morgan i noticed that there were eight ten bottles of cooks champagne in the kitchen a a lot girl my family loves cooks it's not good i've never had it before tonight but it's really bad it's really sweet but we're doing it you know what's really good though frejeunet that might be one of my faves what's frejeunet (gasps) it comes in this Hella classy black bottle, but it's only like a couple of dollars. Is this classier than the one with sparkles? Mm. No. That we couldn't find Veronique. Oh, Veronique. 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 Girl, Veronique isn't champagne. You know what I found out? But it's sparkling alcohol, right? You're gonna love this. It's Moscato plus vodka. Oh my. (laughs) Plus glitter. Plus glitter. That is. (laughs) Now, Veronique. Did a gay man? invent that or did I think my mother-in-law did. your mother-in-law invented mm-hmm. it she was like guys mm-hmm. liquor company I've got an idea yep for a product that mm. will blow your socks off cooks taste even better warm yeah yeah I forgot to we forgot to mention that it's room temperature cooks yeah it's that's good that's how that's how we're rocking talking about Ted Bundy we decided it was a champagne kind of kind of event yeah because Ted Bundy totally was all about Living the high class life. And what do you drink all the time when you're high class? Cook champagne. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, welcome to episode, oh my god, Lucky 13. Lucky 13. Oh my god. Of My Dark Hour. My and dark hour. Ted Bundy number three. Ted Bundy three. And in this, oh wait, first off, this is what we need to say because we haven't been doing this. You guys, thank you so much for listening. You should <laughs> like and review us if you're feeling it. I'm not telling you what to do, okay? But if in your heart you're like, you know what? I have some time. I'm just going to give them like a star or something. That would be awesome. Thank you. And also talk to us on Twitter. Um, it's my at my dark HR podcast. You can reach us there. Or you can chat with us. Um, I wish we could do AIM Messenger, you know, like AOL Instant Messenger. Well, we have an AOL email account. So I know. It, I know it's They don't do that anymore. It's depressing. If you want to email us, though, it's unnecessaryy at AOL.com. And go to our website because I, I love our website. <gasps> yeah. And I spend a lot of time working on it. More time than I should. And it's, it's fucking cool. Like, there's really cool stuff on there. Th- there is. I'm proud of it. So it's mydarkhour.net. Um, but yeah, it's the, although the Ted Bundy section is empty at this point, but everything else is done. And I, and, oh, you saw what I did with the Amityville section with the animated, oh, GIFs. I saw it. Do you say GIF? I've read that it's GIF. I, I don't give a fuck. I know. It should be GIF. GIF. It's GIF. But I've read this, that it's, it's <gasps> technically it's GIF, which Don't is, go over to the dark side. I know. It's bullshit. Don't do it. I know. GIF is peanut butter only. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so... And there and there's a black toilet, it, animated gif. 
Dude, you guys, it's so cool. And I feel like it is really some internet fucking magic. Yeah. Because who knows? I don't know how to do that shit. I know. I just learned. It's it was amazing. it's good times. So go go visit it. It doesn't get a lot of traffic. My website, but no, it should. It's it's, it's re- okay. there's really cool resources. You guys like tons of cool stuff to look at there. It's mydarkhour.net because we bringing it back to the nineties, y'all. <laughs> which is so fun. Well, the two thousands. The, the the early aughts. Yeah, early two thousands. Uh, so in this episode, episode thirteen, Ted number three. We're going to be focusing on Ted Bundy's life, you guys. Um, Doing his bio. Yeah. What did what like What did you think of this this <sighs> week? Uh, actually, I had a much better time researching this than I did doing the victims. Uh, I oh, do you know. mean because there's actually details about this? There's actually details, and they're interesting details. So he, to me, is the opposite of Gary Ridgway in a lot of ways. But Gary Ridgway, as a human, was not very interesting at all. And even his life wasn't particularly interesting. But the victim I, girl, were, I don't know. His mom uh, talked about boners and broke plates over the dad's head. I feel, and washed his penis. Washed his penis a lot. But I'm I feel saying. like that's sort of run-of-the-mill trauma. Girl. In the grand scheme of things. <laughs> In the grand scheme of things. Okay. Whereas Ted Bundy is a new level of ridiculous just as a person. And I was very excited very excited to talk about him. So I, I'm actually, I'm feeling this more than I was feeling the last two episodes. Uh, I have some strong feelings about Ted Bundy after uh-huh. researching his biography. Where did you stop? Um, what do you mean? Like, well, where did you cut off your research? Because I, I guess... Until Utah. Through Utah or until Utah? Until Utah. Okay. Just, sorry. I'm... Is that just, right? Just oh, well, I went through 1975. You bitch. I know, I got ahead of you. But we can we can stop before we get there, if we need to. Uh, I'm only in 1974. That's okay, that's fine. Okay. Because that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of a, a good ending point. Okay. Uh, so, first thing... Queenie, really? Yeah. Do you, do you really have to drink milk. water during our podcast every time? So our, our buddy, our buddy Ted, was born November 24th, 1946, in Burlington, Vermont, um, So which makes him a Scorpio Sagittarius <gasps> cusp. Oh, and that makes so much doesn't sense. Doesn't it? And I was like, of course he fucking is. Of <gasps> course he fucking is. I mean, he's really a Sagittarius, I guess, but that fucking Scorpio cusp in there, <gasps> motherfucker. So what are some of the characteristics that you see, his Scorpio characteristics? Okay, so Scorpio's... Seem to me, I mean, they're they rule the the genitals, so they're definitely. <laughs> uh, girl, I just want to remind you, my dad's a Scorpio. Okay, so like whatever you say about Ted, your dad, also applies to my dad. I know, and your dad rules the genitals, <laughs> and, and has a lot of darkness and sexual energy. Oh God! <laughs> oh my God! No! But I, I do think of Scorpios as being very intense. Definitely having a dark side. Definitely, just. Uh, moodier, moodier folk who yeah. you maybe don't want to piss off. Yeah. Like, there's some there's some rage in there, typically. Right. And then Sagittarius's are kind of the opposite. They're, like, super sunny. Yeah. It's very social. They're kind of like golden retrievers. Yeah. Like, maybe not the brightest sometimes, but, like, really likable, really fun. Uh-huh. And so I think Ted Bunny cultivated that exterior. Yes. But then inside, clearly... He Scorpio, was t- all the way. Utter Scorpio to totally. the core. So, yeah. 
Whoa. But so I was thinking we could spend some time looking at serial killers and mapping out their astrological signs. Yes! Because what's Gary Ridgway? When's his birthday? Like, fuck, we should know this, and I don't. February, I feel like? Uh, wait, isn't he November 2? Oh, shit. We'll, we'll, we'll edit it back in, because I we should know this. And that's embarrassing that we don't. How do we not know this? I mean, like, those details are easy to forget, honestly. But uh, Yeah, so anyway. Wow. Um, so, yeah, first fun fact. Whoa. Explains a lot. Um, so, Ted Bundy uh, was born to this lady named Eleanor Louise Cowell. Um, and she was 22 at the time. She was That's un- older than I thought. Right? They make it sound like she was 14. I know. But the issue here is that she was unwed. And obviously that's a giant no-no because, like, premarital sex, not okay. Even though literally everyone was just having sex so much. <laughs> just so much so premarital much sex. sex. So um, they, everyone was like, oh, my God. What have you done, Louise? Sent her to, Because that's what she's, her name was. A home for unwed mothers. Right. So abortion was illegal back then, so she couldn't have an abortion even if she wanted one. So they sent her to this, it was called the Elizabeth Lund Home for Unwed Mothers in Burlington, Vermont. Um, And they called it Lizzie Lund's Home for Naughty Ladies. But I think Lizzie Lund Home for Loose Ladies would be even better because that clock my alliteration, girl. I agree. Yes. They didn't think it through. They did not think it through at all. So that's kind of sad that she was, like, sent away. But then she had her baby there, like, two months later. Theodore Robert Cowell. Yes. How he was born. Um, dad is unknown. And there's some yeah. interesting... Mm, no, I think he is unknown. Well, we'll get to that in a little later. We, we can't get to it now? <sighs> okay. We got, we, we kind of have to. Well, because we want, like, we want to talk about his pilgrimage. Well, what I, we'll come back to the pilgrimage to okay. Vermont. But what I wanted to say is that the dad is, is weird because it's listed as Lloyd Marshall on the birth certificate. Yeah. But then later, Louise said she was seduced by a sailor yes. whose name could have been Jack <laughs> Worthington. Although they've done research and there was no one by the name of Jack Worthington in the Navy at that time. Well, so she doesn't even know. Well, and then the other rumor is that she was raped by her father. Right. Which I honestly kind of go with that one as being the most likely I mean, in it would some be, ways. It would be very fitting, I feel like. Because he was an abusive piece of shit. Yeah. The, the grandfather was. And that would make Ted Bundy... The child of incest, yeah. which we you know we tend to think of as having some genetic right problems. issues. Yeah. Yes. So, but yeah. Yeah. So okay. So well, we'll talk about it later. Anyway. Um. Okay. So unknown dad. She heads out to this unwed home for unwed ladies, and then when they come back together with her parents, he's raised at first thinking that his mom is his sister and his grandparents are his parents. Yes. And like the neighbors talk about how that was sort of like the front that they put on, but like everyone fucking knew that she had a baby. Like everyone knew. Yeah. So it was just kind of this like giant white elephant in the room and everyone was like, Oh shit. Look at what Louise did. But then everyone was, like, super tight-lipped about it, including within the family. Like, they did not fucking talk about it. 
which is uh, weird. I can't imagine living in a family like that. That I mean, nobody talks about anything. I it's know. super repressed, super uptight, and that you're all just going to agree to live this giant lie together. Yeah, because like, we're all know, just going to do this. You want to know what happens as a result of that? You end up with fucking Ted Bundy as your kid. Exactly. That's what happens. Yes. So don't do that. No. Do not do that. Bad fucking idea. So bad. So they're, they're living in Philadelphia at this point yep. with with the grandparents who, like we said, the grandpa was hella abusive. But, like, Ted was super close to him at the same time. Like, he really looked up to him. Yes, but then all, like, okay, so with everything coming from Ted Bundy's mouth, you're going to get conflicting reports. So, yes, like, he would tell some people, like, oh, my God, I was super close to my grandpa. And he was, like, this great guy. But then he told other people at the end of his life that he was scared of his grandpa and his grandpa was abusive and that he saw his grandpa, like, push his grandma down a flight of stairs. Oh, my God. So you never know, like, what is really the truth here. And from all accounts, this guy was a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, the grandpa was a complete piece of shit. Yeah, he hurt animals. He was physically abusive to everyone. Although, girl, in that book, that Time Life serial killers book that you have me borrowing. so good. Okay, they have all these pictures of Ted Bundy as, like, a little kid. And there's one where he's at the beach. Do you remember this one? And it says that he's sitting next to his grandfather, and he was a motherfucking fox. I was like, oh, yes, daddy. Interesting. Mm. I don't remember mm. that. He's got this, like, carefree hair. It looks like it's, like, <laughs> kissed by the salt air. Oof. Is he blonde? No, it's, like, dark hair. But it's, like, a really good haircut. 1940s good hair. Yes. Anyway. Uh, and Grandma did um, electroshock therapy. Oh, yeah, because she was so depressed. Hello, that's what happens when you're married to a dick. Yeah. So, a fucked up family. Yeah. Fucked up. But once again, kind of run-of-the-mill fucked up. Like, right. nothing wild and crazy. I mean, being raised to think that your mom is your sister is kind of fucked up. But there was a Green River Killer victim that we talked about who had this very same thing happen to Dude, her. Dude, and she became a prostitute. Okay, but she didn't become a serial killer. She became the victim of a serial <laughs> she killer. She did become the victim of a serial killer. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So, okay, obviously, like, in this climate, the mom was, like, hella worried about Ted finding out his true parentage, and she was really worried about the B word, that people would call him a bastard. So what they decided was in, like, 1950, so, like, in October of 1950, she took him and got his name changed from Theodore Robert Cowell to Theodore Robert Nelson. And moves to Tacoma, Washington. Before that, I have one last Philadelphia story. Oh, okay. Uh, an aunt. So I guess the, one of the mom's sisters. Oh, yeah, I know the story. Yeah, I'm, everybody knows this story, but we have to tell it. Was taking a nap. Ted Bundy was three years old, and she woke up, and he had gotten all of the knives out of the kitchen cabinets and arranged them around her with the points facing in. In her bed. In her bed. And she wakes up, and he's standing there watching her. Yeah. So, so fucking freaky. if your fucking three-year-old does that, you've got a fucking sociopath on your hands. Just and you need to, And you, maybe, right now. maybe, just, yeah. just save the world some heartache and just take care of that fucking problem. Pretend like it's SIDS. Just, yeah. That's, no, that's fucking scary. Oh my God. So, anyway. so scary. There was another, um, there was another anecdote too that was mentioned in one of the books that we read. I figured out who the author was, so it's called The Bundy Murders, yes. and it's by Kevin M. Sullivan. Thank you. Which was an 
excellent book. Like, you should read this book. It's so good. It's good, yeah. Um, I think some of the details are mm, sometimes, but, like, because comparing it to, like, other things okay. that I've read. But who the fuck knows? Again, there's so many, like, conflicting details with Ted Bundy. Um, but she was talking about how, like, the family definitely, when he, from a very young age, saw him as kind of a threat versus, like, you know, this, like, cute little kid. And one of the aunts talks about how she was in, like, a darken, a darkening subway, like, area with him. And it was, like, it was getting dark outside. And she said she looked at him. He was, like, her favorite nephew. And she looked at him, and there was, like, something in his eyes that scared her so badly that she, she like, found herself in that moment, like, so terrified of her nephew. Which is, like, insane. This is a little kid. Once again. Once again. If that happens yeah. to you... In all seriousness, no, don't kill them. But take Obviously. them to a fucking therapist yeah. pronto. Yeah. Because there are treatments-ish for antisocial personality disorder. There are. Kind of. I mean, kind of. You can make their behavior better. Yeah. Um, but seriously, do not unleash another person like this Ugh, into the, in the world. world. Like, just I know. don't. Like, that's not normal shit. Seriously. At all. I don't know why people think it is. I know. Like, oh, kids will be kids. It's like, no, no dude. No. Nope. Kids are humans. And if they start acting like little serial killers, that's a bad thing. Right. You should pay attention to that. Right. Okay, so not a lot of, like, paying attention to the weirdo of Ted Bundy nope. going on. So they moved to Tacoma in 1951, and they end up living with one of her uncles, who is also a music professor at UPS, the University, University of Puget, Puget Sound, Sound, which was, like, a very new place at that time. Um, and she met, excuse me, Louise meets Johnny Culpepper Bundy. Yeah. And I get, I love the details about this. At Tacoma's first Methodist church at a, single, yeah. at a singles night. I know. Cute. That's really wholesome. And he sounds really like a nice guy. He sounds like a little bit of a doy-doy, though. He sounds like a doy-doy, but he sounds like a nice guy. Yeah. Like, a good husband. Yeah. And this poor woman kind of sounds like she needed a good husband. She's kind of a Judith. Yeah. Oh. We'll, sort of We'll a talk about, yeah, the Judith characters coming up. Yeah. Um, and he, so he adopts Ted. Right. And so that's why Ted's last name has changed again for the third time. Right. To, to Bundy. Bundy. So, okay, something that I really love. Okay, so um, Johnny Culpepper Bundy was a cook at Madigan Army Base. Mm-hmm. So he was a cook. And I love this because in that Kevin Sullivan book, they talk about how the mom and Johnny were both barely five feet tall. So that's like, true. They were really these short, short little people. And like Ted ended up like growing up and being like six feet tall. Yeah. yeah. So like that is weird. So funny. question that I have that I've not ever found an answer to by this point in time, Ted Bundy is living with his sister. Does he still think it's his no. sister at this point? He's figured it out. Right. Okay. So that was something that I wondered about the whole time. Like, why is my sister taking me across the country? No, he like suspected it all along. And it says that, like, he had cousins who had, like, told... There was... Okay, they don't really know what happened. But that happened. was later. The cousins who were, like, teasing him about it. Like, that well, wasn't... No, was in Tacoma. Well, but still, like, so he was, what, four when they moved right. to Tacoma. So like, I'm sure by the time he was, like, you know, I mean, like, seven, I'm sure. Because, like, when you're a four-year-old, it's not like you have, like, all these, you know, you're, like, coherent. No, I know, but, like, his... Older sister, quote unquote, marries this guy, and this they guy, take his yeah, name. yeah, I'm like, like, so, I, I just like everything else with Ted Bundy. This doesn't make sense to me. Right. None of it makes sense. And yeah. his story about how he found out, 
you know, that his sister was his mom. I'm like, wait a second. You had to have no, known. No, he knew. Ahead. He knew. He had to that. have known. Yeah. He okay. totally did. Um, I think it was just confirmed for him later on. And that was like okay. a huge, sh- like shook him to his core, which we will get to. So, um, uh, Louise and Johnny Bundy had four other kids. Mm-hmm. So they had Linda in 1952, Glenn in 54, Sandra in 56, and then Richard in 61. Clearly a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And Richard was the one Ted Bundy was closest to. Mm-hmm. So Ted was like 15 at the time that Richard was born, and he like really loved Richard, which is kind of sweet. Just kind of sweet. It's the I, first like sweet thing we get yeah. from him. Girl, I googled all these people. Are they around? I bet they changed, not, they've yeah, changed their I'm names. I'm sure they did because I have not been able to find them. Well, here's just something I need to point out. The mom, Louise Bundy, yeah. she died in 2012. Oh, shit. Dude. Oh, my God. That's that was like horrible. Not even so oh she... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So she had to just, like, live for decades knowing that her kid was one of the worst serial killers in U.S. history. Yeah, could you imagine being like, well, I unleashed that into the world. Yeah. I think that's Ugh. its own special brand of hell. Yeah. And most, at least the big name serial killers, their parents died before they were caught. Right. Or died before it was, like, confirmed that they had yeah. done stuff. So at least you can die in denial. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's, like, the really cool... Oh, that sounds bizarre, but... People like Jeffrey Dahmer's <laughs> dad, at least, who's really kind of cool. Well, because he takes responsibility. He does. He's he like, totally yeah, takes responsibility. I he's like, up. we fucked up with yeah, him. Yeah, totally. And he's given interviews. He wrote a book. And yeah. I'm like, now that's what you're fucking supposed to do. Yeah. Oh, also... Uh, Dylan Klebold's mom. She did yes. you read the book that she wrote? Y- no, I haven't it's read the really book. It's really good. I bet. And she's hardcore honest yeah. about shit. Yeah. I know. I feel really bad for her. I have, oh god, I feel so bad for her. <sighs> and you know the book we need to talk about, Kevin. I'm sure it was based on her. Oh, totally. It had to have been based on her. Which, if you haven't read that book or seen that movie, watch the movie and see the. Have you seen Wait. the movie? And read the yeah fuck yeah oh my god that's so good it's I rewatched so it I watched it when it first came out and was very creeped out by it even though I'd already read the book yes and then kind of didn't want to watch it again but then I did watch it again like six months ago I was like oh my god this it's movie's amazing so good. It's and the book amazing. is f- also oh fantastic it's amazing so yeah uh, that kind of gives a little bit of a glimpse of like what it must be like to feel responsible for and it's a fucking nightmare yeah i mean that's the yeah, point it's right. a fucking nightmare right we should do a podcast on that book well okay how about you know about we should it. do we should do a columbine we need to talk about kevin Ooh, like like double duo. feature okay yeah I love it. that's okay. good sorry we got distracted okay um so okay you guys that so ted bundy starts fucking getting weird Okay, in junior high, and can I have one thing before oh, yeah, that? Yeah. Sorry, we, we don't have the same notes, so we're that's why our timeline is screwed up. One thing I just read, um, in fourth grade, he attempted he was already interested in sort of social climbing and wanted to get into the inner circle. Oh yeah, but and to do that in fourth grade was to like get into like the high level reading group, and yeah. he wasn't a good enough reader. I know. Now I'm gonna just <laughs> say this again. He's not as fucking smart as he's made yeah, out to be. He's right. really not. And we'll come back to this again right. and again and again. Like, his academic performance is not that good. Oh, no. We need to talk about his poems. And, oh. Uh, Although, shit. no, no. Poems are not today, though. Poems we should do next time. 
Oh my god, no, what? girl. There's a there's something that he wrote in high school, and I don't think I wrote it down because it was in that book. Oh shit! I left the book at home. No, it's okay. What we can do is we can we can we'll do it at the beginning of next episode. Oh, You're right no, though. I do. Rem- I'm heartbroken. Oh my god. Shit. So I even wrote the page number. Keep that in mind that if you can't get into the fourth grade high level reading group, you are certainly not a genius. No. Like I'm just gonna say that. I don't I don't think that's even possible. No. Unless you're like an idiot savant or something like that. Or but which he was not. So anyway, so but yeah, go to then go to middle school. Okay, so middle school, you guys. Okay, already, like middle school's hell. I think we can all concede that, mm-hmm. right? Like you are just hella fucked up. Everyone's hella fucked up. Like, everyone's freaked out by their bodies. It's a whole thing. Ted Bundy, at this time, um, became, I think, probably what was a compulsive masturbator. Because there is a detail from his (laughs) classmates. I have this exact same detail I know you're going to (laughs) say. Yeah. So he would go into the broom. There was a broom closet in their classroom at Hunt Junior High. And he would go into the broom closet and masturbate. <laughs> on multiple okay. occasions and was caught on multiple okay, occasions. Yeah, so this is the thing. So everyone was like really into catching him. And when they would open the door and catch him, they would fucking throw cold water on him. Like, cool it down there, boy. But like, seriously, okay, middle school. If Can that you? happened, I would lose my goddamn mind. And the fact that either the teachers didn't know about this, and if they didn't, how did they not? I know. And if they did and didn't care, if you have a kid compulsively masturbating in school, once again... And then the other kids are throwing water on him, like... No, none of this is good. That's a major fucking red flag. So it was also around the time that he became a peeping Tom. Yes. So he would go out at night, roam the neighborhood find open windows and go and like look into women's houses mm-hmm. and watch them undress. Um, he was also looking for porn that was thrown away, which yeah. apparently he found a lot of. And it was also in this period of time that a little girl in his neighborhood was murdered. Yeah. So her name was Anne Marie Burr. She was an eight year old and this was in 1961 so he was, so, what, 15? 15. Yep. So it was the same year that Richard was born, which may be, like, significant. Um, and, okay, the story here is that it was, like, there were, it was a stormy night, and it had been light. There was, like, a lot of lightning and thunder, and the girl, their two sisters, so there was an 8-year-old and, like, a 5-year-old or 3-year-old or something, and they had been sleeping in the living room together, but they got scared, so they went upstairs or, like, the Anne Marie sent her sister upstairs, and she was going to come up. And then in the morning, the mom came down, and the fucking front door was open, and Anne Marie was gone. They've never found her. Yeah. Bonnie's just gone. No idea what happened. But the window was open. The front door was open. Who was peeping in windows? Uh-huh. And Ted this was Bundy. three miles from Ted Bundy's house, but right next to like his aunt's or uncle's house. There, yeah, there was a there was a relation of his in the neighborhood. Right, and wasn't it on a paper route that he had too yes, or something? Yes, and it was yeah, so there was pretty good evidence that he had at least seen Anne Marie Burr at right. some point. And it would make sense if she had been taken by somebody she knew. There's also another crazy thing. Um apparently he slipped up at one point later on 
and said something about he was he was doing that thing where he talks in like third person uh-huh. about a murdering, and he was like, uh, when you're 15, it's this mystical, magical, like something like awe inspiring experience that's different than when you're 50, mm-hmm. and so they were like, hold the fucking phone. What now? Did you pretty much just say that like you started killing at 15? So, I mean, everyone pretty much attributes this yes. murder to him. He denied it. Right. Just to be clear, he did deny this did. murder, but he was also never comfortable admitting to murders of children. Right. Which he did a lot of. So yeah. So, it, it, I, we don't really expect him to confess to this, so it's possible that that was his first murder. Yeah. Um, in addition to this, he was always stealing shit. So, Ted Bundy was, like, all about um, the like, the finer things, hence, again, why we're drinking cooks. And he um, started making a habit of just, like, stealing shit that he wanted. And, I mean, it wasn't like his parents were, like, super poor. They were, like, fine, you know? They were just, like, a regular-ass family. Um, and the, his mom would be like, where are you getting this stuff? And he'd be like, oh, they're giving it to me, because I guess he worked for a period of time at, like, some kind of department store or something, and he was like, oh, they're giving it to me as, like, a reward. So she never questioned it anymore, but, like, he was going out and stealing hella shit. Interesting thing I was just thinking about. There, uh, we were talking about this with Gary Ridgway, like, there's, like, the triad mm. of things mm. that you're supposed to have. I can't remember the name of McDonald. The McDonald triad, yeah. I don't think Ted Bunny has any of them. He didn't wet the bed that we know of. Oh yeah, he, he did. He wasn't fires. an arsonist that we know huh. of, and he didn't abuse animals that we know of. I've heard no stories about him about Weird. any of those three things. So, another piece of evidence that goes to show that all of the quote unquote rules about serial killers are right. bullshit. Right. I, I've never found anything that applies to even the majority of serial killers. Hmm. So here you go. There. Interesting. Yeah. Um, um, cool. So went to Wilson high school mm-hmm. in Tacoma. I just had, I've told you about this, but I was chaperoning a dance and the teacher who was in charge of it, his girlfriend came and I was talking to her and she was like, Oh yeah, I work at Wilson high school in Tacoma. And the only thing I know about that is that Ted Bundy went there. <gasps> and it's always weird to bring that up with people you don't know, but I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to say it. I'm like, Oh yeah, Ted Bundy went there. And she was totally like, Oh yeah, I know. She totally, she was like, I went there too. Everybody knows that. Like that's what they're Whoa. famous for. So it's kind of depressing, but whoa, yeah. So well-known piece of trivia about the school. Hmm. Uh, he also okay. So I, like, I feel like ugh, this like is a perfect example of fucking Ted Bundy. So when he was in high school, and like back then they would all take showers together. Which when I went into middle school, that was seriously my biggest Me fear too. was I was gonna have to shower with other people. Which I don't think happens anymore. Fuck no. No, like, at all. Right, but it was totally the norm back then, and if you didn't shower with people, I think you were, like, seen as a weirdo. So, okay, he was a total loner. He had, like, two other friends, and he would shower by himself, right? He didn't want to shower with all the rest of the guys. So what would happen is that the other guys would throw cold water on him. Again. Again. <laughs> and he would, like, yell. Okay, so, like, I just, like, imagine this, like, super scrawny kid showering by himself. He's kind of a loner, like, total dork, right? Kids are throwing water on him. He's like, hey, you guys, like, yelling at them. Very nerdy. Uh, I just, like, so, like, I really feel like this is the, this honestly is the epitome of Ted Bundy to me. Yeah, like, this is before he learned how to, how to get, like, the Sagittarius facade. It's just sort of, like... 
gross, dorky... Like, narc kind of kid. Yeah. Like, he would totally, like... T- I bet you he would, like, tell on, like, other kids for shit. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just feel like that's really him. Ugh. Yeah. And the other interesting thing is I keep reading, once again, conflicting reports about his high school career. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're right. He didn't have a lot of friends. But then I also have read, but, like, girls liked him. Yeah, but girls he were didn't, kind of into him. But he didn't necessarily, doesn't seem like, have girlfriends. Yeah. So I'm very confused by all this. Like, there doesn't seem to be a lot of consistency to any of these stories. So I can't really get a handle on him beyond, like, I have no sense of, like, I can't imagine this guy in my high school. Whereas Gary Ridgway, I'm like, oh, yeah, there was a Gary Ridgway in my high school. Definitely. Definitely. Like, really dumb, held back. Like, that seems like a type that I can wrap my head around. Ted Bunny, I'm like, I don't know. Girl, there totally was a Ted Bunny in my high school. You've talked about... No, you've talked about this. Oh, no, this is... That's a different guy. That... That guy was fucking... That guy ended up being a fucking serial killer, right. basically. Right, and he honestly would be, like, he was way weirder than this kid. So this kid was kind of like an ugly duckling, where you're like, oh, you will totally, like, be good-looking later on, but you're kind of, you know, like, kind of like, ugh, now. Where, like, they mature way later than everyone else. So it's like, you know, those freshmen that are all, like, little, and they also act like kids still? Yeah. But, like, you know, you could be like, oh, in the future, like, you might have, you know, some kind of, like, potential or whatever. Like, that's what, I think that's what Ted Bundy was kind of like. I I agree, but I still don't have a sense of his personality, if he has any. I'm not sure he does. But, like, if you met him at high school, like, I have no sense of what that interaction would have been like. And that's that's what disturbs me about him, is I just, there's nothing there. Like, we've talked about this. So it's it's annoying. So, yeah, like, I read stuff about high school, I'm like, okay, and? I, I don't know. I knew he's, like, to go skiing. That was like, like, that was like his thing. At the same time, he potentially fucking killed a kid. Yeah. He's like going through his life and just like, oh, I'm a 15 year old, a fucking sophomore in high school. But I maybe like murdered an eight year old girl. Oh my God. Oh my God. But yeah, like, so he would go skiing and then like forge ski passes. Like he and his friends would do that. Yeah. That was like their thing. So I, I find that a strange athletic pursuit. Yeah. Cause skiing is involved. Yeah. Like, you gotta fucking, like, get all the gear, and you gotta drive up there, and it's just, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So I think that's weird. It is. Anybody skied the rest of his, rest of his free life, he was mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. So, um, he graduated Wilson High in 1965. Um, this is where I really wanted to share what he wrote in this girl's yearbook. Um, it's full of misspellings. It's something about, like, being a piot. And he meant to write poet. Um, oh and, like, his, like, there was wrong or something. It was oh, really... Oh, embarrassing. Or maybe he said window pane and it was spelled, like, P-A-I-N. P-A-I-N. Or something like that. Oh, my God. And he, like, signed... He, like, titled himself Ted Bundy Piot. But he meant poet. It's like you, you Was he calling, trying to be funny? Because no. he would do that with Anne Rule a lot, which was on purpose. Like, he would use Girl, homonyms, I, but, like, in, you know. I don't think he was trying to be funny. So he just straight up, like, couldn't I spell. I think he actually couldn't, like, didn't spell and was, like, n- like thought that he was all, like, deep. Mm. That was my impression. Gross. I don't know. I mean, I don't know for sure, but 
Yeah, gross. Um, so he immediately, like the next fall, um, enrolled in the University of Puget Sound and then ended up transferring to the University of Washington to study Chinese. What the fuck is that? Yeah, he thought that like he was gonna be like a big shot in the future and that like he would really need Chinese to help him. Which is hilarious because I feel like there were so many guys in college that I knew who were doing the exact uh-huh. same thing when I was in college with them. <laughs> I, ugh, just everything about that is ridiculous. He so. even at one point went to like a summer the thing at Stanford, Stanford. for Chinese. Yep. Yeah. So he was pretty serious about it, it seems. Serious about his, about his Chinese. Yes. Uh, in 1967, he starts dating Stephanie Brooks, who's... I suppose... Wait, air quotes, Stephanie Brooks. Yeah, pseudonym Stephanie Brooks. Uh, who I... Would you consider that the love of his life? Yeah, as much absolutely. as he was capable of having such a thing? Well, maybe. I mean, I, I feel like maybe actually that was Liz Kendall. Um, he certainly seemed obsessed with this woman yeah. in a way that he didn't with other people yeah but I wasn't he didn't love her I think this okay you know what this is like Gary Ridgway's Marsha like Gary Ridgway talked about Marsha being the thing like the hot first wife no the second wife the one that led him to want to punish women the way that she punished him yes I feel like this is this is the relationship that like helped fuel the rage that he would later blame on blame for killing women. I think that's true, but this woman is also the most attractive and wealthy of all of his serious girlfriends. Yeah. Including the people he dated in prison. Yeah. And I think he was very obsessed with status. And so she represented a a status jump for him. Mm -hmm. So she was older than him. Yep. And was from California yeah, and wasn't her wasn't her family like wasn't there like some like hot like really important lawyers yeah. or something? They they definitely had money. Yeah, they were definitely rich. So so yeah, she's dating this like younger guy who's kind of a fucking loser. Yeah. So his quote is: "She and I had about as much in common as Sears and Roebuck does with Saks." So that's his own perception of himself, right? In comparison to her, right? Um, he so they're dating. He drops out of college in 1968. So he drops out of college with a year after he started going, or two years after he started going, right? Because uh, he started UPS in 65. He transferred to UW in 66. Yeah. So I guess, I guess I don't know, what, three years in to college? He drops out. So he's still dating Stephanie, drops out of college, and starts working, like, shitty menial jobs. Yeah. Like, he's working at Safeway, is working at... Like a yacht club, like Wait, parking cars. Wait, was he cars. dropped out at this point? Because she, what happened was she graduated in 1968 and then went back to California. I think she dumped him before she left. Uh, I would imagine she she broke up with him right before she went back home. So what Kevin Sullivan said, okay, so Kevin Sullivan said that she graduated in 68, went to California, and that's when he went to Stanford to study Chinese, and then at the end of the summer, she broke up. You're right, you're right. That's what it is. So he had gone out of California to kind of follow her. Yeah. You're right. And she's like, no. Yeah, but like he worked all these jobs that he would quit just like all the time. Like he would show up a couple times and then not go back. He, I mean, he was, 
I mean, a lot of people at that age, including me, do shit like that. Yeah. But you can also totally understand from Stephanie's perspective why she'd be like, see ya. Yeah, like, I don't want to do that. That's right. ridiculous. Right. Especially in this time period where it seems like women got married, like, at 21, 22. Oh so God, I, Which right? is crazy. So you're kind of ready to get married at that point in your life. You're not going to fucking marry that guy Mm-mm. who can't even hold a job at Safeway. Oh, hell no. So she's like, bye. Right. And this fucked Ted up. Fucked him up royally. Like, hardcore. Like, never recovers. Like, he fucked him up so bad, he went on a fucking pilgrimage. Do you, that is some <sighs> high-level fucked upness. Do you find that most men, though, have this experience? Like, the, the girlfriend they have in their, like, late teens, early 20s, who they're totally obsessed with, they break up, and they never recover from that experience. You, I feel like most men have that God, I've never moment. thought about that before. Yeah. Hmm. Does Paul, like, did Paul date people before you, like, long term? Uh, yeah. And he, like, really talks a lot about this person. (laughs) But about how, like, actually she made his life hell. Oh. Okay. But I mean, maybe it's, that's a good thing. Yeah. You never know. (laughs) I I feel Does Ivan? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Does Ivan listen to this? No. Oh. <laughs> I kind of wish he did, but no. <laughs> he's He always says he's going to, but he, it's like, same with my parents. Like, they're always like, oh, I'm going to listen. Like, you guys are not fucking listening. And I know they're not, because I can see the stats. There's nothing from Montana. Dude, my mom, too. She always goes, oh, I'm going to listen to it. Put it up on my iPod. What the fuck? Why, don't, why are our parents not interested in this? I don't know. They don't care about us. That's what it is. Yeah, obviously. That's, that's, that's the secret. <sighs> so, you guys, he goes on this pilgrimage And what he does is he decides he's going to fucking find his roots. So he drives out to Philadelphia where he, and then, oh, so he goes to Philadelphia, sees his family, sees his grandparents. Then guess where he goes? Burlington, Burlington, Vermont. Vermont. So he can find his birth certificate. When he finds it, apparently there's this big stamp on it that says, illegitimate in all caps that's I don't know hilarious if it was in all caps. i know kind of uh, the 40s i know right <laughs> 40s just like fucking up a giant population of people <laughs> um so this is where the dad was listed as lloyd marshall who was a 30 year old like so he was 30 year old 30 wow 30 years old when ted was born and was an air force veteran and salesman Hmm. And so, and again, I think there are, like, a lot of different accounts here, right? But when Ted saw that, he was like, what the fuck? Like, this guy was obviously, like, I mean, he was older. He, like, kind of had it together. Like, why would he leave my family? Yeah. So, it like, I think that fucked him up even more was that it was like, this dude could have, like, stayed with us. And he didn't. I don't know. But there's other accounts, too, where, like, they don't know who it is. It's, yeah. I, there's no definitive account of any of this dude is there even a lloyd marshall i don't know and that's the thing like this could have been a made-up name yeah like she could have just made that whole shit up yeah it's 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 all of this is mysterious <sighs> so uh, annoying but yeah so he's all over the place he's in colorado he goes to arkansas he goes to philadelphia yeah he goes to atlantic city i feel like at one point yeah and just to just throw this out there there are unsolved murders in all of those places and all of those time periods that he was there oh you know he did it Mm -hmm. he did that fucking shit including burlington vermont oh shit yeah 
And, oh, let's see if I can recall the story from Burlington. He wasn't there very long. Like, I feel like he was there less than a week. And the period of time that he was there, I feel like a woman was murdered. Like, somebody, like, she, somebody broke into her house and killed her. <gasps> and there was a, like, a dog catcher or something who wrote down having, like, an encounter with somebody named Bundy. What? Like, there's this, like, I think this is in the Anne Rule book. I, of course, my details are a little fuzzy. But if you go and look at, like, unsolved cases potentially attributed to him, he, they're, they're in this period of time, 1969, they're fucking everywhere he went. No. Yeah. And it doesn't Holy mean he shit. did all of them, but it's a little interesting that oh there just God. happens to be unsolved murders in all of these places, including Burlington, Vermont. No. How many murders could there possibly be in Vermont? Girl, he fucking did that. He did that shit. He admitted to doing, I feel like he admitted to doing one in Atlantic City or Philadelphia. <gasps> I don't remember which one. Oh, No. Girl, I remember the one in Atlantic City was two women. Two women in a car or something yeah. like that. It was weird. And he he admitted that. But then once again, he admits a lot of stuff. Right. We're not sure. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? But it, it's interesting. So guess where else he goes? California to surprise fucking Stephanie. And there's like a story where she's coming out of, like, her job, because, of course, she has some, like, fucking high-powered job or whatever. She comes out of her job, and he's out there on the sidewalk, and she's like, oh, hey, like, not even excited to see him. And they talked for, like, a couple minutes, and then he just ended up leaving. So it was, like, not good. It's like, dude, you should not have gone and done she that. She fucking dumped you. Don't go show up at her fucking Hello. work. Hello. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay, that's another thing. Like, guys, if girls dump you, like, do just like leave them alone. Don't like act all crazy like that. Even if you love them, sorry. And there are ways if you want to get in contact with people that are not as aggressive and scary as fucking waiting outside their place of work. Yeah. Like an email. I can handle an email. Like I could deal with that. Cause you can just decide not to read it or whatever. I once had an ex-boyfriend get mad at me and he called me 40 times in a row. <gasps> And left messages every single time. Oh, that's creepy. It was super creepy. And I was at a movie, and so my phone was in my car, so I didn't I didn't realize what was going on. And I come out to my car, and I open it up, and it was just like, like, all of these messages. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? And so as I'm driving home, like, the phone's, like, keeps ringing and shit. And yeah. he left, the last message he left me is, I'm coming over to your house. <gasps> no. Yeah. Did he? No. Thank but uh, I had a friend who was it was a guy who was there, and I was like, do not fucking leave. Yeah. Like, I wasn't scared of my ex-boyfriend. I mean, I didn't think he was going to hurt me or anything, but he was really drunk, and I could tell he was really drunk on the Ugh. phone. I was like, that's not fucking cool. Like, I don't want a drunk, pissed-off ex-boyfriend at my house at, you know, 2 in the morning. Plus, like, doing that is only making the situation worse. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, not going to make someone want to, like, talk to you. No. Although, okay, uh, speaking of going to people's work, that's actually how my parents met. My dad just stopped my mom at her work. <laughs> and to the point where her boss made her go tell him to leave. Uh, but men? Saying that they were scaring away Don't customers. do that. Don't do that. That worked in that case. That worked but... for my dad. Oh, my God. Who also is a Scorpio, P.S. Just saying. Well, we'll see that we'll see that for Ted this this behavior eventually works for him too. So, you know, not good. Not good. Um, um yeah. So he goes back he's I mean, whatever, there's other shit that happens, but we can skip over that. But he goes back to Washington, so he's back there after his travels. And he is determined. 
to fuck like after all this rejection all this bad shit he is determined to fucking make something of himself he is he's got a whole new a new lease on life mm-hmm. if you will mm-hmm. so uh goes back to 1969 and meets a woman named elizabeth klopfer but we can call her liz kendall because that's that's usually how you see her name. Yeah. Um, who is from Ogden, Utah. And here's what I learned today. So they met at the Sandpiper Tavern. Yeah. Do you know where that is? No. Okay, do you know where the Blue Moon is? Yes, same, unfortunately. Same building. Oh, really? So the Blue Moon is, it's exactly the same building. The Blue Moon is here, and then the what was the Sandpiper is on the corner. But it's it's all oh one. Oh my god, that was a fucking Russian club. And when you would walk yes. by, it smelled like perfume very intensely. Of course it did. Oh! <gasps> So that, that was where the sandpiper yes. was? Holy shit! So a little Seattle moment here. It's on 45th. Like 45th and 8th. Oh my god. So the building god. is still fucking there. And the building's really old. It was built in the 30s. And yeah. I guess it's been a bar forever. <gasps> Whoa. So that's so weird that all of these things happen in the U District. And these buildings that are still fucking there. Yeah. And so much has changed in Seattle that it's yeah. weird that these are still around. Although totally. Dante's is fucking gone. I know. So sad. Um, I love when they talk about them meeting because... Okay, Liz talks about seeing him from across the room and he was like giving her the eye and that she said she immediately was like thinking about what they were going to name the children. She was like, I'm going to marry him. Okay, so we were talking about Judith earlier. Judith Ridgway. This woman is Judith. She's the Judith. She is so fucking mousy. It's out of control. Like you see pictures of her and she's just very small and blonde. It's got glasses and just seems very meek and very yeah. shy. And I want to fucking shake her. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Because she, she ends up dating Ted Bundy until he goes to prison. So she's yeah. dating him for years and years. I mean, six years. Yeah. Seven years. Yes. Including the entire time he's murdering. Yeah. And she has lots of evidence that he's doing so. And she's just like, what? No, it's okay. It's fine. I love him. She and I, even fucking oh. calls the police on him. Yes. Multiple times. And the police are like, hey, can you cooperate with us? And she'll be, she, at first she's like, yes. And then she's like, no, I can't. I love, I love him. him. I want to punch her in the oh my face. God. Like, she makes me so <sighs> mad. Like, and the story's always like, oh, Ted Bundy was just so charming, and so she just couldn't see through his bullshit. But you read the stories, it's like, yeah, yeah. she could, because yeah. all this stuff was happening, and she was suspicious of it, but Plus, then just didn't do anything. Yeah, it sounds like, also, he wasn't, like, super nice to her. No. Like, he, it seems like he would be one of those boyfriends who were, like, would go to your, like, go visit your parents with you on, like, a holiday, and then they would kind of, like be really selfish and mean and, like, talk weird to you in front of your parents. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he seems like one of those guys. I think he was absolutely one of those guys. And I think this woman, so she she was divorced. She had a kid. So she had, like, a five-year-old or a four-year-old. Yeah. And so I get the sense that she was very kind of maybe herself. Desperate. Yeah, desperate. Her self-esteem wasn't in a great place. Mm-hmm. And this kind of good-looking guy is interested in her. And she was like, sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold on to him. So they start dating fucking hard, like immediately. Yeah, and like he basically moves in with her, although not really. But basically, they maintain separate places because obviously he has to be able to kill people. Oh, of course, obviously, of course. Uh, But she, you know, he the the night they meet, she has all he. I can't talk. Oh yeah, he's like, oh, I'm writing a book about the Vietnam War, and he's got (laughs) he's got all these fucking lies. Then of course she finds out like. Oh, yeah, no. He's not even enrolled in school when they meet, but he makes some big production about 
I can't remember what he says he's majoring in. But whatever it is, he's not even in school. So she figures this out. And then he re-enrolls in school. So he yeah. kind of... It talks about on the night that they met, uh, there was, like, something that happened. I think they were, like, like maybe she was kind of drunk or something. And, like, they ended up getting her home and, like, the daughter fell asleep on his lap. And he ended up sleeping in her apartment. And, like, you know, so they were, like, hot and heavy. Hot and fucking heavy mm-hmm. for many years mm-hmm. to come. So Ted re-enrolls at UW. Oh, excuse me. Oh, my God. I just burped on the podcast. It's Cooks. It is. Just fucking Cooks, girl. Okay. So start studying psychology at UW that fall. Uh, and in one of his classes is Linda Healy, who you'll remember from the first episode was one of Ted's murder victims. First. First official First one. official. Yeah. Um, he's a good student. And teachers like him. Yes. For the most part. <laughs> yeah, some for, the, of them for think, the most part. Some of them think he's kind of a weirdo. Because he is. Yeah. Um, but this is the only time that I've ever seen him legitimately get good grades. Yeah. Like, the whole rest of his academic career, I'm like, nope, doesn't seem like he's such a great student. But right? this little period of time where he's studying psychology, yeah, he actually seems like he's sort of doing okay. Totally. Um, and in 1971, he starts volunteering at the Suicide Hotline, which is where he meets Anne Rule. Anne Rule, the yeah. stranger beside me. And if you want all the deets about that, you can read that book because she gives lots. Oh, my God. Blow by blows. It's pretty much her, though, the whole time being like, no, this couldn't be. My friend Ted wouldn't do this. He couldn't do this. Oh, he did this. It's very disingenuous. Yeah. It's extru- It's actually one of the more disingenuous books I've ever read because yeah. either Anne Rule is a complete fucking moron or not she's... Not out of the realm of possibility. Not out of the realm of possibility yeah. or she's fucking lying. And either way, it's not great. Yeah, I think she's probably using a lot of license to be to make a good book. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it, her first book, right? It was her first book. And it was a big hit and... You know, God bless her for that. You yeah. know, the world would be less rich oh, without Anne Rule. God, so much less rich. <laughs> so, that's cool. How would we know what murder victims looked like and what body types they had? If not for Anne If Anne not for Anne Rule. And yeah. how attractive they were. Right. We need, she should just have like a scale of 1 to 10. This, <laughs> and she was a weight. solid 7.5. <laughs> how much weight they had lost previous to previous. being murdered. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Anne. Anne Rule, my God. But he, so, like, she says in her book, like, okay, you know, I know Ted Bundy fucking killed all these people, but he also saved lives. Like, I sat next to him, and he fucking saved lives every night. Because apparently he also was really fucking good at being a suicide hotline guy. Which I can see. I mean, if you do watch or listen to interviews with him, he does have that kind of therapist voice. Dude, but isn't that fucking crazy that this person who literally has no feelings at all is, like, helping people who want to die? I don't think that's weird at all. Girl, I think that's so fucking it's, weird. I don't. Because it's fake. It, of course it's fake, but that doesn't matter. If, if he just sees it as, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do right now. That's my job in this moment. All he has to do is manipulate these people into feeling better. So in that way, in, in that particular instance, I think actually being a sociopath is, would make you better. Dude, it's fucking crazy. Because you would have no emotions of your own at all to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I guess you would be able to do that job forever, like, because it wouldn't affect you at all. Yeah. You would not need any trauma stewardship training. No. At all. No. No. (laughs) Uh, So he graduates with a 
BS in BS and BS in, in psychology in psych, at UW in 1972 with distinction. Oh, Teddy with distinction. Also, PS, um, Liz Kendall this entire time was giving him so much money because she came also from a rich I don't know family. Why I thought you were gonna say he, she was giving him so many blowjobs? She probably was giving him so many blowjobs. I, I totally also. thought that's what you were gonna say. She was giving she him was so many blowjobs. She was sucking his dick all fucking day. Girl, you know she was though. I don't know. She doesn't look like somebody who would enjoy a blowjob. Uh, she probably didn't enjoy it, but he probably made her do it. He was the guy who like grabs your like the back <laughs> of your neck and pushes your head down. He's that guy. Just imagine her like resisting. Uh, and men, by the way. Don't oh my god ever so fucking gross. do that. Yeah, don't. I, I've had that happen to me precisely oh once. Oh my god, and it was oh I shouldn't even just like do not I touch. Wouldn't. Don't touch her head. No, just let her do her no. own thing. And women should offer offer the blowjob. And yeah. if it's not offered, eh, let it let it go. Yeah, it's do not, not grab a head. Do no. not grab her head. But yeah, he was definitely probably somebody who was. Oh my god, moving no. her head down his crotch. No, okay. I'm sorry. So she was giving him lots of money. So and and blowjobs. Um so. and okay, this is where our podcast is gonna get hella political. Cause <laughs> guess what fucking else, which totally fucking makes sense because Ted Ted Bundy's a sociopath killer. He starts working for the Republican Party in Washington State. He does. And and actually this is not the first time he had done that. We we skipped over this a little bit, but in sixty-eight he became involved in Republican politics in Washington and was a delegate at the Republican National Convention in Miami. Gross! For Rockefeller, which is strange. Um, So yeah, so he had dabbled in Republican politics in the past. And what, I can't remember the quote that I read, I can't remember who actually, who said it, but it was some Republican politician who liked Ted Bundy and said he was a real believer in this system. Oh my God. Which in the 70s, was a big deal for the Republicans. They were like the law and order yeah. group. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but here's the thing. John Wayne Gacy, hardcore Democrat. Oh, don't talk about, don't talk about the Democrats like that. I'm, I'm just saying. Okay, listen. Serial I, killers can be of all girl, political persuasions. Okay, do not bring a balanced viewpoint to this. No. Fair and okay? balanced. Listen, Fair no. and balanced. No, that's fucking bullshit. And you know what? I'd rather have John Wayne Gacy on my team than fucking Ted Bundy, because at least John Wayne Gacy can fucking appreciate homosexuality, okay? You know Ted Bundy would be one of those guys who's like, Ugh, I'm running to guys. I'm running to dicks. But that's what John Wayne Gacy would be like, too, because then he'd be like... Shut up, girl. I get, know. Getting it up the butt, I, like, ten I, minutes hell, later. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let him do his thing, Okay. Do not bring the Democrats into this. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I hate them too, but they're I way less. No, bad I like than the Democrats. I don't even care. Anyway, so yeah, so he's a, he's a fucking Republican. Yeah, like all the way. So this is nuts. Okay, so he is working f- on the like reelect or the election campaign for Dan Evans, who's a Republican re-election. governor, reelection campaign, and he's going against um, fucking the Rossellini guy. And this is wait, what- Carlo Rossi. Or not no. Carla Rossi. Um, <laughs> that's, 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 that's wine. <laughs> my favorite wine. Hell yeah, girl. Oh my god. If Carlo Rossi was like running for running governor, for governor I'd girl, vote. I would fucking vote Even him if he was a Republican. So Wait, quickly. do you know Rossi? No, no, his Ooh, name, no, there is no was a Dino Rossi it's like, though. Oh yeah, fuck Dino Rossi. That guy's a Who is that? fucking weirdo. He's like a he's like a Republican now. 
He was against Christian Gregoire. Okay. Okay. No, his name was like Alfred or Albert Rossellini. I can't remember which one it was, but it was an A name, Rossellini. Okay. Um, I wonder if he's related to Isabella Rossellini. I bet he is. No. Girl, let me dream, okay? <laughs> anyway, but what he would do, what his job was, which is fucking perfect for Ted Bundy, is he would infiltrate mm-hmm. the Rossellini campaign. So he like had a wig uh, that he would wear, a dark wig. And it was really crazy because, okay, so he lived with this old couple named Ernst and Frieda Rogers. Um, and he was also friends with this like older lady. But it was crazy because they talk about seeing him on TV at, like, a rally for this guy with, like, this wig on and, like, how he just, he, like, could blend in. He could, like, be this, like, sneaky-ass motherfucker. And how weird that was that he just, it was, like, he so easily played this other person, so easily put on the mask, put on this disguise. Because, I mean, that's, like, what fucking Ted Bundy was doing his entire life was wearing a disguise. A wig, though? All I, I know. Pic- why do you need a wig? I don't know because all I picture is him like <laughs> like with an afro wig, like one of those really fake looking <laughs> afro wigs. <laughs> Girl, one of those ones is like a Rasta cap and dreadlocks. <laughs> oh my god, one with spikes, the like those shitty ass felt spikes. That would be so funny. Okay, have you seen a fish called Wanda? <laughs> no. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, that's a great movie. But there's a whole scene where one of the characters wears one of those Rasta yes. hats with the dreadlocks out in it. Oh and my god. Oh my god. It's so funny. That sounds amazing. Girl Ted Bundy, Rasta Ted Bundy. <laughs> I would, yeah, I mean, it would. It's probably what he thinks of his Democrats. I know. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, which P.S. Dan Evans lost? Oh, so Ted Bundy's nefarious deeds did not help him win. Yeah, and they fucking named the floating bridge after the. Rossellini guy, so. Oh! Who won in the end? Just okay. saying. The 520 floating bridge, P.S. Um, so also in 1972, he starts applying for law school. Okay, and this is what I want to talk about. So yeah. he, does, he takes the LSATs mm-hmm. and does so fucking bad on the LSATs. Because mm, he's yeah, an idiot! Exactly! So he ends up going to UPS, like back to the University of Puget Sound in Tacoma. Oh yeah. For law school. Cause they had a new law program that which, someone talked him into going to. Which means it wasn't any good and it was easy to get into. Yeah. Exactly. So he got in despite having terrible LSAT scores. Yeah. Um, and hated it. It was not high class enough for him. It was mm-hmm. not quote unquote hard or rigorous enough, which no. is bullshit. Right. And didn't ba- like, just didn't go to class. Yeah. Like was it a complete failure. Right. Uh, also at this time, he was working in Olympia. This for is not the for Ross Davis. Wait, oh. Well, okay, no, he had oh, no, two no, no. jobs. So first he worked for the Crime Commission. This is, this is fucking nuts. Yeah. He worked for the King County Crime Commission, or no, the King County Law and Justice Planning Office, researching recidivism rates of female sex offenders, which is... Super interesting. Well, and then he wrote a pamphlet for women for how to avoid getting raped. (gasps) Have you heard about this? No. And I don't remember which agency he was working for when he wrote that, but that was one of his things is he had to, like, research, like, rape statistics, which is hilarious because he he, he was a rapist. Because he people. Oh, my God. And then he wrote, yeah, some pamphlet about, like, ways that women can protect themselves from getting raped, which actually he would know a lot about. Uh, Yeah, but he also probably used that as a tool. Like, if you're approached by, you know, a guy in a cast who wants you to go back to his car with him, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. 
So he also worked at a job in Olympia with Ross Davis. I think he might have been the guy who was like really into him, who was like, yeah, Ted Bundy, he's a great Republican. Um, and he became Davis's assistant. That's right. Which is like totally nuts. I think Davis also wrote him a letter to get into law school. Yeah. Later, later on. on. Which he needed because his fucking LSAT scores were so bad. So shitty. Um, um, but 73 is the best Kind of, because that's when he decides that now's the time to try to get Stephanie Brooks back. Yes. Which, this is like the most psycho thing he ever does. So fucking psycho. Outside of violence and murder. Like, just like straight interpersonal (sighs) fucked up shit. So he gets back in contact with Stephanie Brooks, Mm -hmm. goes down to California and fucking woos her. Sweeps her off her feet. You know, impresses her with being this, you know, newly mature, successful guy. Yeah. You know, you know successful in politics, yeah. going to law school. Yes. And she's like, oh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. You're hot. I'm into you. So they're, once again, they're dating hard. That's Which, kind of. okay, P.S., gold digger just saying wait him or her her but she doesn't need to be a gold digger she's got money you're right but now that she's like oh yes baby you want to be powerful you want to have that money oh you don't have to work at safeway all of that shit Mm -hmm. so he's down in california doing whatever with her also still dating liz yeah like liz is like totally clueless so and that's Dude, he cheats on her, their entire relationship, constantly with everybody. And she apparently didn't notice. So he's down in California for months, getting Stephanie to be really excited about their relationship. They fucking become engaged. Yeah, so she comes and visits Seattle, and that's where they get engaged. Okay, that's where he pops the question. So, like, they're going... Like, California, I mean, like, they're traveling to see each other. It's like, this is, like, a big fucking deal. And do you ever think about the fact when you're in SeaTac Airport that, like, that all of that shit happened there? Yeah, Ted Bundy was just there. Ted Bundy was there. She was there. He was waiting at the gate to pick her up because it was the 70s. You could do that. That's crazy to me. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, they, so this was, like, a couple months of them doing whatever. Um, They... Then she goes back to California. I don't even know. Like, this is, I think, like, three or four months into the relationship, isn't it? Like, okay, isn't so, it Christmas? So, okay, yeah. Christmas is when she comes to Seattle and, he, okay. and they agree to get married. It was February of 74. Okay. And shit went down. So she leaves and fucking doesn't hear from him. Yeah. So he's been like, hey, let's get married. She's all excited. Oh, my God, they're engaged. She goes back to California. Just nothing. Yeah. Can't get a hold of him. He won't call her. She calls him. He won't answer the phone. Uh-huh. For like months. over a month yeah she finally gets him on the phone and he's basically like what are you talking about yeah yeah like that is some cold ass shit right there. oh my god All like of- years he just is like wait he's like playing the long game oh yeah he can just fucking devastate her. destroy her and she worked. I mean, she was... Tr- which you would. Can you... I mean... Oh my God. Ah, somebody oh. fucking with you. And you would realize it. You would have that moment oh of realization. Be like, oh my God. The last however many months, yeah. all of that was bullshit. Yeah. To convince me to get back together with this guy. And he purely did this for revenge. Yeah. Absolutely. 100% for revenge. It's yeah. so fucked up. That's, that's bad. I mean, and I think this more than anything else proves... That he truly was a sociopath and, like, had just had no feelings for other people at all. Totally. Zero. This is also a really important time because January 74, 
is when yep. his mur- first, like, attempted murder happens. That we know of. Right. So, I mean, this is, like, a big deal. This is also, okay, so the thing with Stephanie, right? And I think a big reason why I say that, like, you know, she's the Marsha to, like, Ted Bundy is that she had this dark hair parted down the middle. And, you know, that's, like, the fucking cliche. Like, Ted Bundy only killed women with dark hair parted down the middle, which isn't true because, actually, he killed a lot of blondes, too. And he killed ladies with dark hair that were parted on the side. Just saying. But Stephanie, I mean, I think a lot of these women were, like, young, good-looking, like, privileged Mm -hmm. women just like Stephanie. And so, like, he was really killing her a lot of times he was killing these women. I'm sure that was, like, a thing for him. Once again, this, if you go with this narrative, the the classic, like, January of 1974 is when he started, like, Mm -hmm. the violence began. Mm -hmm. It all makes perfect sense. Right. If you don't follow that narrative, right. and there was all of those murders earlier, mm-hmm. it it doesn't. It's not as clean. Yeah, and so I don't know which is true. Right, uh, but it is interesting that this really seems like where he like turns a corner into just being a fucking prick. Right, in and all he, respects, and goes insane in terms of like the rate at which he's killing. Yeah, the ferocity with which he's killing. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. This dude's fucking nuts. <sighs> so, um, yeah. So he drops out of University of Puget Sound in the spring of 1974. Mm-hmm. So, like, in the midst of the murders. Yeah. Is never going to class. And so it's just like, I'm not going to go anymore. Yeah, they jokingly called him the Phantom. Yeah, because there were classes that he had been to, like, once. Yeah. He would go to the first day and then nobody would ever see him again. Yeah. He was that guy. Oh, my God. Uh, and then he starts working for the Washington State Department of Emergency Services. Oh! Ivan's job? No. Emergency Services, I think, is more like ambulances. Oh, shit. Like, I don't, it's not emergency management. I, yeah. As far as I know, I think it's a different thing. Okay. But this agency had a role in looking for the missing women. <gasps> so he, no. I'm sure at his job, which I think was also in Olympia, he would hear about, you know, the, the murders that he had committed. Oh my God. You know, he was like, <laughs> you know, he was just like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. And he also meets a woman at this job named Carol Ann Boone. Oh, woof. Who, Woof indeed, who we will come back to talk about later. So keep that keep that Ooh. name in your head because she will return. Yikes. So yeah, they work together there. Um and in nineteen fall of nineteen seventy four, he transfers to the University of Utah Law School. Yep. Which he got into pretty much only because of letters of recommendation. Yeah. Written for him. Yep. Yeah. And he and I think he goes there because Liz Kendall is from there. Like, there's oh, a connection. Really? I, I think so. I mean, I think there was that connection because her family was from Utah. Huh. So I think there, there was that sort of, it would be easy for her to visit him. Like, I, there can't, that can't be a coincidence. Uh, I didn't know that. Because, like, well, she, she was from Ogden, right? Ogden, Utah, yeah. But there aren't that many schools in Utah yeah. either. Anyway, I, I mean, I don't Weird. know. Weird. I, 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 I didn't think about that even. Yeah. I, I thought it was just because it was the only, like, shitty school he could get into. Yeah, there's lots of shitty schools you can get yeah, into. good point. But there's good skiing in Utah. Uh, so, okay, so this brings us to, okay, this brings us to July of 74. 
So he got accepted. He was preparing to go at the end of the summer, July of 74, after the Lake Sammamish thing happens. Liz is at work, right? They know the whole, like, Lake Sammamish killings happen. And her co-worker is like, hey, Liz, oh my God, don't you have a Ted? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, doesn't he drive like a Volkswagen? And she's like, yeah. He's like, look at this, like, look at this composite sketch. And it fucking looks exactly like Ted Bundy. And shockingly, because she's such a Judith and like doesn't really have any like guts, she actually calls and reports his name. And Rule's book, though, makes it... This is not mentioned in any of the other books, but that uh, Liz Kendall had this really close friend who hated Ted Bundy. And the close friend who was like, you got to turn his ass in. Like, this is too big of a coincidence. And so she does. But then is angry at the friend for sort of making her do that. And I don't know the details about that, but it's interesting. Kevin Sullivan also talks about that friend. But that that friend um, like puts it at a later timeline where it's like cause again these details are never consistent. But puts it at the later timeline when he's in Utah and the killings magically start happening there. No, the I think that's like, right. Oh yeah, no, you're right. So I think, well, maybe it was both times though. Or ma- no, 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 no. She didn't report it until after he moved. So it wasn't right after, like, Sammamish, I don't think, that she reported him. I think it was after he had already moved down to Utah and the killings continue in Utah. Okay, because the Kevin Sullivan book says that she called in that June and was like, hey, like, after she saw the composite. I don't know. I mean, like, like, that's what I'm saying. There's, like, so many different details between these books that it's, like, really... I mean, I think that's another reason why, like, we talked about this in the first episode, that it's hard to keep a chronology and a narrative going with Ted Bundy. It's hard to find that narrative. But it's because the details are so sparse in his case, but also like they are not super consistent. I no. found like I would even I had the Anne Rule book open and the Kevin Sullivan book open, and it would say different things. So I mean, who the fuck knows? But she did end up reporting him. Anne Rule ended up reporting him, and so did a professor from UW that he had who said, he and I creepy. mentioned this before. Yeah, he's like, I have this weird guy named Ted in my class who also yeah. drives a Volkswagen. Which I thought about this. How would you know what your student drives? That's weird. You wouldn't. I know. Unless you somehow saw them like in the parking lot, I know, which I weird. can't imagine happening. That seems weird to me. So we stopped his biography here because seriously, from this point forward, his entire life is just murder. Like yeah. there's nothing else that's going on in his life, really. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that we didn't talk about. I mean, his in, either, he barely goes to school. He doesn't really do anything except kill people. Right. And so I feel like what we'll do is the next episode will be when he's arrested. So at the end of the... For the first time. For the first time. <laughs> so at the end of the Utah-Colorado murders, he is arrested. Yep. And put in jail. And then that will... Oh you my know, God. Get ready for a crazy motherfucking ride, you guys. You will not fucking believe this shit. It, it's pretty wild. It's so it's, wild. I've never heard of anything like it. Do you never. know what I want? What? Oh, maybe we should talk about this next episode. Um, I want the t-shirts that were made in Aspen about him. What did they say? Ted Bundy is a one night stand. <gasps> like they, when he when he had escaped from prison, like people made t-shirts about him. It was like this joke. Wait, why a one night stand? I don't get it. I don't get, really get it either, but I think it's it's interesting. I love it. Also, didn't didn't people have 
um, like this reminded me of Zodiac, where it said "I'm not Ted Bundy." Yeah, they would totally yeah. make "I am not." So the hitchhikers would wear "I am not <laughs> yeah. Ted Bundy" T-shirts. Oh yeah, and then they had the Ted Bundy burger, which was like a bun, <gasps> a bun with no burger in it because it had escaped. <laughs> so people had a sense of humor about it, which is good. Yeah. Also, on his execution date, apparently the the radios down there were playing sounds of bacon frying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. People Jesus. who are really gleeful about executions, I worry about them. Girl, that doesn't seem healthy. For hundreds of years, it's happened, though, you know? Going and witnessing one, that's one thing. I can totally imagine doing that. And getting hella excited? Mm, I don't know if I would get hella excited, but I can definitely imagine watching. But just standing outside, you're not seeing anything. You're just, like, getting really excited about the idea of somebody getting executed. Yeah, that, like, I, I don't, that I've never understood that either. Or, like, when people... Like, I don't get when people stand outside of courtrooms either. No. Like, because you, you don't see anything. You just get to hear, like, oh, well, this is what the verdict is. Like, Yeah, it's very weird. That makes no sense to me. Like, when, you know, during, like, the whole Kaylee Anthony thing, when there were, like, people out there, just, like, so many people. And OJ, too. I mean, there were, like, I don't know. It happens a lot. That's a thing. That's a thing. It's weird. We also really, I feel like, have not talked about how depraved Ted Bundy really was and the things that he was doing. And we need to address that at some point. I think, okay, I think we can, I don't know when, but I think we can definitely address that. I think we can also throw in some audio clips. <gasps> yeah, get ready to hear Ted Bundy's voice, y'all. Yeah, we'll do some audio clips. I yeah. think, I think we'll, that's the next like level. That's like the next podcast level up is actually yeah. incorporating external sounds. Right, like we're learning shit. We're learning shit. We're, not, yeah. we're still novices. This is only episode 13. Totally novices, but I listened to like some of the earlier episodes before and I was just like, oh my God, those, what the fuck were we even doing? <laughs> like, I don't even know how we did anything. The editing's like hella bad. It's okay. It's all right. But we're learning. We're learning. Yeah. So right. thank you for going through this grueling journey with us because, yeah, it's, it's can be bad. Indeed. All right. Okay. Well, thanks we'll... for listening. See you later. How long was that? An hour 17. Oh, God, it's longer than I thought.